welcome, welcome to the Cal Park Bros Show. This is episode two. I'm your host, Terrence, with my co-host, Jason. Jason, how you doing, buddy? I am fantastic. How are you, sir? Fantastic. It's a good, good. It's a wonderful Tuesday. Loving it. Can't complain, man. Once you get past Monday, it's all going the right direction at that point. So You got it. Um, wanted to address one quick thing. Um, we've actually created a Facebook page for Cal Park yes, Rose. Um, we'll be putting that in the show notes. Um, this will be a way for fans of the show to engage with us, um, offer up feedback. Um, we're also in the process of creating some other social media accounts um, as we continue to grow the show. So I'm really proud of what we've done so far, Jason, and the fact that We've already gotten some good feedback from our moms. means the world to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Both of our moms have been kind of the same feedback in regards to uh, certain language being used in, in the podcast, but but their moms. So what do you expect? That's you know that's going to happen, of course. So, um, but we still appreciate them listening. Hopefully, they'll still continue to listen, just like everyone else. But uh, yeah, definitely, moms' feedback definitely uh, we're both the same. So. Yeah, and I just want to say thank you to everyone that's listened to our first episode of Cal Park Bros. And just to give people an idea of what we hope our cadence of shows to be, we hope to put out one at least once a week. I think that's a that's a reasonable commitment that Jason and I have made. Um, I think that's that, you know, frankly, enough happens in the world, whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, politics, whether it's COVID or what have you. There's enough happening in the world that if we let a week go by, we can actually, you know, disseminate it and think about how we feel and then actually put it on wax. So. Yeah, man, definitely got to, as you say, put it on wax. Definitely a good uh, statement there. So. But yeah, once a week, definitely you can count on us to do that. So this episode we're recording now, it'll be later, uh, posted later this week. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, definitely once a week is good for everybody, us, people listening. That way we're not, no one's getting overloaded with the content. And we know how much you guys might love us, but we don't want you to get tired of us, of us either. So. All right. So let's get this show on the road. Yes. Um, the first thing we wanted to talk about in um, this week was the Derek Chauvin trial and fallout from that. So, um, Jason, when you heard the the uh, the uh, verdict read last week, um, what were some of your thoughts when you when you saw that go down? So I was immediately shocked and surprised because I was fully expecting this whole the whole time that it will be like a hung jury and he wouldn't get convicted. Because the reason why I based that on is not that obviously I felt that, you know, he was innocent or guilty or anything. It's just that based on social media, when it comes to the comments people are making about, you know, what happened, there's plenty of people, as I'm sure you've seen, as I'm sure the listeners have seen, who aren't fully, you know, into totally demonizing Derek Chauvin, they were kind of putting it more on George Floyd when it comes to 
you know, why the, why were the police called on him? What was the reasoning for that? The drug history, the criminal history, things like that, you know, and as we've seen for other cases as well. So I was expecting at least one of those type of individuals to be on the, on the jury. And as we know, all it takes is one person to get a hung jury. So, and with that, again, very shocked that it didn't happen. He was guilty, found guilty on all three charges. And they were reading that off. And I, I so I didn't follow the trial or anything, but this story was breaking right before we record, were recording last week. So I was watching the verdict being read live. And I gotta, I gotta say, I was very surprised at how Derek Chauvin reacted to the guilty verdicts being read for all three counts. Now, obviously, he had a mask on, so I couldn't see fully, you know, what his facial expressions were. You could see the see eyes, though. That, exactly. That was that was a big thing. Is that as they were reading off the verdicts, um, you could see, like, okay, his 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 brow definitely did a thing. Um, it was it gave off from from my vantage point. It looked like, oh, we're doing this now. That's what I that's what I saw. Um, from just his uh, what you could see of his face, uh, his facial expression, he looked to surprise to me. See, that, that's not that's not what I got. I didn't get any surprise. I what it seemed like to me, I didn't see his facial. Maybe I wasn't looking close enough, but I didn't see his expression change very much at all from the time the judge started reading everything and when he got to the guilty part of it. I didn't see much change. I saw him looking around the courtroom. I couldn't tell what he was looking at, but I didn't see the expression change. So I, I couldn't tell if he was actually surprised at the verdict, if he was expecting that to happen. You know, and I, and I have no clue what his lawyers and his team decided, you know, what they were expecting going into the trial, because going back to the jury selection as well, I'm sure the, the defense will love to find people on the jury who hadn't seen the video or heard the audio. That's probably not going to happen. I mean, that video and audio has been played was played several times. I'm sure everyone's heard it. So, that being said, I'm sure they had to recognize that they were fighting that. They were fighting everybody seeing the video, everyone heard the audio, and all that stuff like that. So, and I didn't again. I wasn't following the trial, so I don't know what their actual defense was. Um, I can imagine at least, but. But again, it, to me, it's like he was very surprised. And when they were cuffing Chauvin and he was headed out the one little door being let out, he was talking to his lawyer and it seemed like they were having some type of banter about something. And I saw Chauvin kind of nodding his head and agreeing, like, yeah, okay. So like they're planning something or I don't know, it could be, some, could be something related to the sentencing. Uh, I don't know. But to me, I just think I got the vibe that he, at least he didn't show it. And again, he had the mask on, so maybe I couldn't fully tell. But to me, I don't get the feeling that he was really surprised with what happened. What What do you think about all that? Um, I, well, Jason, Jason, I think one one thing is that it's quite possible that I'm you're not the only person that maybe felt like okay, we interpreted his body language differently. Right. Uh, so that 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 I can acknowledge. What what I thought about the fallout of the verdict was that number one. I feel like Derek Chauvin has probably been doing this for so long, you know, something leading up to what happened that day that George Floyd was murdered, murdered that 
he never thought in a million years, number one, he would lose his job. He never thought in a million years that his superior would testify against him, which I think had typically you don't have tons of people lining up to testify against police officers the way you did in this case. You know, you, you, you literally had, number one, we're starting to see police officers actually fired for this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not in every case, um, but we're starting to see more of that. But you're also starting to see what's called that, that thin blue line where, oh, well, since we're on the same, you know, we work together, it's, it's almost like I can't go against you even though it's something you did was wrong. We're starting to see people buck that trend. So the fact that he was fired, the fact that his boss actually testified against him in the trial, the fact that you had um, the um, 911 associate actually say, hey, this doesn't seem typical. Something's up with this, this call, this engagement. I felt like I was mentally prepared for for some shit to go down and even though in the in the face of damning high definition video and several instances of it because everybody had a cell phone you got video you got audio you got you know the reactions after the video and the audio you've got the marching you've got the special prosecutor and still yet I was mentally preparing myself for this guy to be let go um, so my, my feeling, initial feeling when I, when I heard the verdict, um, and my wife and I were talking about it is that I don't want to say that I was numb, but I was almost like, I was, I had a very muted, I had a very muted response to hearing that verdict because police officers paying being held accountable for something like this is still very new to me. That's, that's my reaction. Sticking to, to that point before we go into the sentencing part of it, it's that my mind never thought there would be a, a, a not guilty thing because, because of everything we just talked about, the, the video, the audio, his own cohorts, testifying against him, things like that, 911 calls, things like that, all going against him. I felt like there was no way, no way that 12 people were going to be in that jury box and all and all of them say not guilty on all three counts. Was, I just knew that wasn't going to happen. But I definitely understand, you know, anybody thinking that based off of past experience when it comes to these officer shootings uh, that have taken place. Um now, of course, the next up for Chauvin is going to be the sentencing, which is set to take place, I believe, in late June. Uh, so it's got a couple of months before that happens. Uh, and one thing I did learn um, is that his, obviously, he's, you know, charged, you know, guilty of three different charges. Uh, but apparently the sentencing will not be technically neither consecutive nor concurrent, as that because of all the crimes were considered to, were because of one single action. There, he's only going to get charged or sentenced based off the most heinous of, of the uh, the three, so which is the one that carries the forty uh, the the forty years. 
so that's what he's going to get based off of is that. And from what I was reading as well, according to the Minnesota state, you know, procedure, judges, of course, this may be the same as any other state, but the judges have like a certain range that they have to work with based off of the crime itself, based off of the, the individual's, you know, criminal history or lack thereof. And from what they were saying is that most likely that Chauvin's going to get, you know, the rank, the, again, the medium range that they're working with, which is about 150 months or 12 and a half years, um, which, you know, I'm not a, in the legal expertise, so I'm not going to say whether that's too much or not enough, but um, that's basically what he's probably been working with around that. Now, they did say the judge can, of course, go up or down based off of certain mitigating factors. And of course, the prosecution is fighting for, you know, more than just the, the, the range. So we'll see what happens with that. But that appears to be what the sentencing is going to be around that general time frame. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, sir? I think, well, 12 years, I think, is more than what the, the cop that uh, killed Laquan McDonald is going to get. So, yeah. Well, well, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it there. We'll definitely want to make that more of a, uh, you know, a comparison game because that can get, you know, pretty deep in the weeds and pretty ugly. But, um, but yeah, man, that's uh, definitely a good reaction there for that trial. And, you know, another point to bring up, too, is that there's three the other three officers involved with this. Now they're next up, and their trial is going to be happening from what I was reading, starting the date as of right now set for August. Um, and the same thing I was reading was saying that, you know, supposedly, which we'll see how this plays out, that the, the results of the uh, Chauvin trial and Chauvin sentencing are supposed to have no bearing on whatever happens in their trials, but we'll see when it comes to the sentence he gets. They might plead bargain based off of that. You know, we'll see. But that's all set to come up in August, man. Yeah, I'm looking at that, and I'm says here he's going to get sentenced on June 25th. So we're right. talking two months from now. So yep. yeah, it. It, it feels very foreign still that police officers are held accountable like this. And I know that Derek Chauvin wasn't the first cop to, to be prosecuted or even found guilty, I believe. But it still feels new to me um, mm -hmm. because I feel like it's kind of like when people say, well, this feels like justice and other people say that this isn't justice. And like, well, that's in the eye of the beholder. And I totally get where people are coming from because ultimately George Floyd's not coming back. Okay. Right. His, his, you know, that, that, that hole in his family's um, life is there permanently. Um, but us as a nation, we typically, the, the game, the, 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 the justice system is kind of set up not, for cops to be put through this process. So um, it seems very foreign to me still, but it feels just, it may not be just this, but it does feel just that the person who basically was the main offender and then basically the three or four motherfuckers that just watched and let it happen that had a firearm so that's important, you know, that 
they're going to have to answer to this. So something about that does feel just. I don't know if it's justice, but it does feel just. So. Well, yeah. And my last point on this is definitely, you know, the public kind of agrees with you um, with the fact that it feels just, at least. Uh, and for what I've seen, I agree that some people are saying it's justice and other people are correcting them saying it's not justice, it's accountability. Uh, accountability. For the same reason you mentioned that George Floyd isn't coming back, but at least Derek Chauvin, at least, is being held accountable for his negative actions. So um, that's my last point on that. Uh, public backlash, or rather the public response, at least, um, has been the same as you. It's, you know, for the most part, at least. And I'm sure there are people that you know, didn't agree with it. But for the most part, from what I've seen, it's all been uh, a positive you know, from what I've, uh, what I've seen. Right on. There was more fallout after that, Jason. I beat LeBron James pissed off a hell of a lot of people at uh, because he tweeted about the Makai Bryant uh, shooting after that. Yeah, so I didn't see the tweet with my own eyes because, of course, LeBron d- deleted it later. But from what I've, again, what I've reading is that the tweet basically said, you're next which was a response to the officer in particular when it comes to your next, as in you're the next one up for, you know, what I presume what LeBron meant was like, you're the next one up for trial for this action. Um, now, again, from what I guess, which is why he might have deleted it, because maybe that original tweet was kind of a knee-jerk reaction to the scene, the, you know, seeing the video perhaps, but maybe actually seeing more information about it and maybe seeing the video in a different perspective made me realize that, hey, maybe I need to delete this because it's not what I thought exactly. Um, and now, of course, since you know it's deleted, people are reacting to that. Like I said, there's businesses I've, I've seen out there that says not, they're not going to play NBA games until LeBron gets punished or something like that. I've seen Candace, Candace Owens call for LeBron being stripped of all his sponsorships, things like that. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember the guy's name, but I saw someone from uh, a football player from the Patriots was – you know, it was like an ex-military guy or something like that, or ex-officer, one of the two, making his opinions about it as well. But the one thing I'll say about that is, if you live in a glass, if you if you live in a glass house, don't throw stones. Basically, if you're unless you're somebody who's never made a post about anything, no matter what it is, and deleted it because you realize it wasn't a good idea to have posted that, then if you're one of those, unless you're one of those people, you probably need to sit down and shut up, because that's what LeBron James did. He, he tweeted something, realized it wasn't a good idea. He deleted it. We've all done that on our own post. I have. I know you have. Person A, B, C, D listening to this has as well. So, again, unless you're living in that, you know, unless you're somebody who hasn't done that, sit down and shut up. Now, LeBron may, be, may need to be more responsible with what he posts when it comes to timing, things like that, only because he has that larger audience. But at the same time, Despite that, despite the fact that he's an athlete, he's still a human being. He's still a citizen of the United States of America. Thus, he he has the right to have an opinion, and the consequences of those opinions once they get posted. Of course, he has the, you know all that, but still, separate from LeBron, LeBron James, the athlete, he's still LeBron James, United States citizen. So, I think people need to cut back up, calm down, you know. And again, fleshy ones, people that haven't done the same thing. Sit down, shut up. I think, I mean, a, a lot of these people like Candace Owens, 
it's going to be some false equivalency bullshit anyway. Like Candace Owens doesn't fuck with LeBron like that anyway. So there's going to be a lot of, oh, we need to boycott. We need to do this. This person needs to be punished. Um, And I'm conflicted about him even deleting the tweet, mainly because they're going to bring the shit up anyway. What does deleting the tweet do other than them then using you deleting said tweet against you? Because once it's out there, it's out there, you know. Deleting it did, really didn't do anything because now they're just going to screenshot the thing to fucking death. Um, I think obviously with and here's the crazy thing too. There was, an, there, was an, there, was an, there was another black guy shot um, literally as we're waiting for the fucking results of the Chauvin uh, trial verdict. So I can understand emotions being high but for for me, as media savvy as LeBron and his team are, I was a little surprised that that he decided to put that out there because ultimately, I don't believe that he was trying. I don't believe that he was attempting to incite violence. Right. Um, Agreed. And that that's just that's just how I feel. Uh, you know, you're not going to convince me otherwise. But the point is, it doesn't fucking matter because the people that hate him anyway are going to fucking twist it like Candace Owens, like this fucking politician, Tom Cotton, like fuck those guys. They don't they don't rock with LeBron like that anyway. The only thing LeBron really did is that he gave people like Candace Owens and Tom Cotton ammunition for his voice to effectively be um, um, manipulated. So that's, that's my only thought on it, is that deleting it did nothing, because at that point the damage was done. And yeah. I say da- and I say damage in quotations because these people literally they effectively hate watch LeBron. You know, they 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 look for him to to say the wrong thing, breathe wrong, whatever, and then they can use it as fodder for their fan base. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll, I'll say about that is it kind of goes back to. Herm Edwards, what he used to say all the time to, to the young athletes or to anybody really, is that don't press send, you know, which basically means before you get send, think about what you're putting out there and then maybe perhaps not hit send and not put it out there at all. Because like you said, even though we deleted it, obviously somebody saw it and made it a point to, if they didn't screenshot it, I know I didn't see any screenshots of it, but I still was able to easily find what he actually said in the tweet. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, especially if you're an athlete, you're going to have that large audience of, of a million people. I'm sure LeBron has millions of followers. So I'm sure one of them probably got a screenshot. So, um, so yeah, definitely, you know, not just athletes or celebrities, definitely for anybody listening, don't press send. Think about what you're putting out there because, again, like you said, it's out there. Yeah. Jason says don't press send, and I say hit send and 
don't delete shit because they're going to twist it anyway. Um, all right. That concludes the Derek Chauvin segment. Coming up next, we'll be talking about the Mortal Kombat movie and the franchisee, franchise as a whole. The Mortal Kombat movie and franchise as a whole. Some of us feel that it's overrated. And there are others of us that are looking forward to this new movie venture and upcoming games. And that's coming right up. Welcome back to Cal Park Bros. I'm your host, Terrence. My co-host, Jason. Jason, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you. This segment, we're going to be talking about the Mortal Kombat movie and the franchise as a whole. Um, Jason, you indicated you were going to be watching the Mortal Kombat movie this week. That's correct. Um, I have not watched that movie, full disclosure. I plan to at some point. Um, without spoilers, can you tell us what your assessment of it was? So I did indeed watch the movie uh, this morning, very early. Um, now, I, I will say the movie um, actually wasn't bad. Uh, definitely a different storyline than the previous movies. Definitely, as you can imagine, given that it was, you know, 20 plus years later, the CGI, or I don't know if it's even still called CGI, but basically the graphics, animation, computer animation, things like that, were definitely very well. I hadn't seen the original movies in quite a long time uh, before we watched them. And the way, so the character differences are definitely kind of interesting. Wasn't really sure how they were, where, where they were going to go with this movie when it comes to character-wise, storyline, nothing. Storyline, I, 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 some parts of it don't make sense. Some of it, uh, I think, is maybe a little glorified when it comes to having anything to do with, with the last movies or the video games, which is probably nothing. Um, but again, overall, if I had to grade the movie, I'm not an expert movie grader. But if I had to give it a star rating out of five stars, I might give it a, a two and a half or a three. Um, that being said, obviously our overall topic here is the Mortal Kombat franchise as a whole, video games and movies included. And even though this movie, again, wasn't bad, I have to say that the Mortal Kombat franchise, again, movies, all of them and video games, are complete trash. Starting with the video game, which first came out in 1992. And I, I remember, you know, my next door neighbor, Fabrizio, shout out Fabrizio, hopefully you're listening. But I remember he was big in the video game. So when it comes to any new console, he got, he had it, any hot video game, he had it. And of course he had Mortal Kombat. Now I hadn't quite heard of Mortal Kombat when it came out, but he very, very much introduced me to it. So, of course, when I go over there, the first thing he does is playing with Scorpion and Sub-Zero. He's got Scorpion doing the whole get over here with a spear and, you know, impaling Sub-Zero. And, of course, his blood and gore and everything. And, of course, as a 12-year-old at the time, I thought that was pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. I want to play this game. But not long after that, and not saying the same day or anything, but it didn't take me very long to realize that this game really has nothing else besides this. 
And of course, they came out with this, you know other video games. They came out with the first movie in '95, which was a horrible movie, by the way. Horrible acting. Storyline might have been the best part of it when it comes to relation to the video game itself. But it was a terrible movie, terrible acting. The directing probably was pretty garbage, even for '95. And but somehow or another, for the last 30 plus years, this franchise seems to continue. I guess if you have a blood and guts game and blood and guts movies, then you can survive 30 years, even though it's complete trash. And even worse than the movies, they continue to make video game after video game after video game. And we were reading through the list of video games that came out, you know, since the original one. And I think we both agree, at least I know I did, and I think you might have said the same thing, that some of those video games, we hadn't even heard of them. Again, this is just part of my whole diatribe that the Mortal Kombat franchise as a whole is just complete trash. Um, I know that's probably going to be, you know, a controversial topic, which is I'm sure one of many we're going to talk about and I've talked about already. But yeah, the the series itself is total trash. And, and, and what makes it even worse is they even decided to come out with the animated movies as well, which uh, admittedly I have not seen those, but I'd imagine those are probably god awful worse. <laughs> I mean, if you that's great. I mean, I mean, listen, listen. You can't make listen. You, you can't make a, a great, good movie out of a garbage video game. You can't do it. And I'm sure the cartoon is even worse. So, again, Mortal Kombat. I know people are gonna disagree with me. You can at me if you want. You can send the emails to, to our email address, calpartbros at gmail.com. But don't care. You can listen. I'll say it again. Mortal Kombat franchise is trash. At me. So, Jason, one question I had for you: What was the last Mortal Kombat game you actually played? See, I knew. No, no, no. I, I knew you were going to ask me this. See, I knew you were going to ask me this. So, let me go back to to the list I had pulled up of the actual games. Okay. Uh, let's see. I guarantee you, it was probably Mortal Kombat three. Which, which, by the way, was back in 1995. Okay, so. You 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 are basing your current assessment off of a franchise that you haven't even given a chance since 1995. Well, you so you asked me when the last time I actually played a Mortal Kombat game. You didn't ask me when the last time I actually saw and watched other people play the game. Yeah, but I don't give a shit about that. I'm talking about you actually getting your hands and actually you know playing the game. Well, that'd be Mortal Kombat three, sir, because after the you know, third iteration of that, and then seeing the accompanying movie that came out that same year of Mortal Kombat 3, I kind of realized, okay, this franchise is pretty trash. And even when I attempted, again, to actually give it a chance as far as the video games, again, I was in the home of someone else, watching them play, maybe trying to garner some interest in playing it myself, you know, because I'll admit it back in the day, those first game, I was a big fan of Scorpion, but it got old really quick, real quick. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and finish your point, but yeah, that's my answer. Mortal Kombat 3 is the last one I actually played. Yeah, I'm doing some research here. Yeah, I so last one I played was the Mortal Kombat X, and that came out, let's see, oh yeah, 2015. 2015. Okay, all right, so we have two people here. <laughs> um, one of us has played. A Mortal Kombat game in the last six years, and one of us hasn't played 
and nearly 20. So, again, that's me playing. Big difference. Like, this is like baseball or any other sport. I might be able to play the sport and know it sucks, but if I can still watch it and still know it sucks, then guess what? It probably still sucks. You know, well, you don't have, you don't you have know. to watch it. You, you can watch a certain game and realize how much it sucks. You know, whether well, it be sports, whether it be Tiddlywinks, Operation, Marbles, Twister, whatever. Tiddlywinks, you know? seriously. Hey, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to incorporate all the listeners from all generations and all ages, man. So give me a break there. Yeah. I, I mean, my, my personal assessment of the franchise, if the only thing that the franchise had was blood and gore, well, one, they would still have to bring something to the table because other games are doing the same thing. So I would say... Shout out to, you know, Ed Boone and the rest of that crew for having something that's actually transcended three different decades of, number one, arcade technology, because this is where that franchise started. Mm -hmm. Then they transitioned to home uh, systems. And then you had, and I can see, because MK3, I actually rented that game on PlayStation 1, by the way. Um... It was not what I would call a great experience on PlayStation because of course not, because it was a horrible game. Because number one, every time you, Shang Tsung would do one of his transformations to one of the morphing to another character, you'd literally have to wait for the fucking game to load because there was so there was you know obviously the art had to take time to render for a new character model. So that was a less than stellar experience. And that would explain why, you know, I really didn't pay a lot of attention to uh, the games on PlayStation uh, 2 and PlayStation 3. I just, you know, I kind of, my taste in video games and also fighting games more specifically uh, probably were more diverse and branched out. And we're more uh, Street Fighter and Tekken guys anyway, but... To call to call it a tra- trash franchise, I would say it's a bit of a stretch, like Stretch Armstrong stretch, uh, because the the designers have managed to make that game still like a good fighting game experience over the course of thirty years. Now, has every game been like, oh my god, this you know this is a classic? No, but they have found ways. Even, you know, with arcades going away and there's so many more fighting game, you know, comp, you know, alternatives, you know, especially on like the Evo circuit now, you know. So I find that what they've done is impressive because taste in gaming have changed, of course, over the last 30 years and still they're producing a product that people care about. Now, some of those people might be in our age bracket. And we get a little nostalgic because it's like, hey, man, this was that first, like, crazy blood and gore game that you probably shouldn't have when you're 12, 13, 14 years old. And I think that's pretty cool. You know, for all we know, some of these people are playing uh, latest MK11 with their kiddos. So and maybe they actually enjoyed the latest uh, movie as well because of that. So as listen. I will check out the new Mortal Kombat movie at some point. As long as that shit is better than Super Mario Brothers, I'm good. 
Well, if we're going to start setting low bars, then, then the whole game, we can start doing that. But, uh, you know, when it comes to the Mortal Kombat video games, I, I'm glad you brought up Street Fighter and Tekken, because when it comes to Mortal Kombat, I definitely wouldn't even put that in my top three fighting game franchises of all time. And if I really thought about it, it might not even be top five. But but definitely top three, like you said, Street Fighter, Tekken, I, I even put Soul Calibur ahead of Mortal Kombat too. But... Um, but one one positive one thing I will say, when it comes to that Mortal Kombat movie that I just watched this morning, the 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 newest one from 2021. And again, no spoilers, but I will say the ending does give way to them likely making another reboot movie, a sequel to the one that just came out. I will give them that. And even though that I thought this wasn't a good movie, but wasn't bad. Because of that, I almost feel obligated to watch the next one that comes out because it's like, I wanna know what happens now, you know? So shout out to them for that. I will give them that. But that's the one positive thing I will say about Mortal Kombat is that. But uh, but yeah, it's, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think I've said enough there on that. Uh, I'll let you take the floor from here. Yeah. What was the last fighting game you played? Well, I think you're quite a well, well aware of this, sir. It would be Tekken, uh, which iteration I had to look it up and see, but it was definitely a part of the Tekken franchise. I believe it was a, probably Tekken 7 or Tekken Tag Tournament. Um, I know you and I played online while you were in Chicago and I was in, uh, I believe, probably in Indiana um, somewhere. I know we played that that way. So it would it, uh, that was Tekken 7, was it not? Or was it Tag Tournament? I believe it was. I believe it was actually second five at that time. Uh, I think so, dude. We played the Tekken Seven online. Like I said, we were like two separate locations. I was Tekken Seven. Okay. I mean, you sound more familiar with the specifics than I do. You well, say hey, it was second seven. It was second seven. Well, hey, I, I'm more enthusiastic when it comes to Tekken, so I remember that. When it comes to you know fighting game franchises, I, I'm all about Tekken, not some other franchise that would. Will not be named by me anymore, but uh, you know, just saying. Yeah, I I think you are right. It was probably second seven. Um, hey, do, do, say that again. I said I think you're right. It probably was second seven. That first part. Say that one more time. That first part. No, I'm not saying that first part. Okay, just checking. Because you're wrong about everything else. So. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, I think it, it it is a very weird flex to say that a franchise is trash because I guarantee you, even in the Street Fighter lineage of games and the Tekken lineage of games, there's been some duds. Yeah, I agree. I believe one of them was called Tekken 4, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, but yeah, so I'm not to say that these other franchises were perfect by any means. Or, and of course, we saw the Street Fighter movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme. No offense to JCVD, but uh, yeah, I think we were all pretty much disappointed with that movie for multiple reasons. But it's just when you have uh, you know decades worth of good video games, you can have one or two flops and be fine. But when you're in Mortal Kombat and had, from my standpoint, nothing but flops, then that's a different story. So nothing but flops out of the maybe one or two you played, yes. <laughs> 
listen, and, and again, again, people can add me and tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. But please tell me what, when it comes to Mortal Kombat games or movies, something good about those movies and video games besides the blood, gore, and guts. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to be like uh, some, some of these uh, uh, fa- fake mad people at LeBron to you and say, I, I challenge you to educate yourself about this. Well, you know what? I'd say I already am. I give it a chance. I watched the new movie. There you go. Um, cool. Yeah. I, I really, now that we're talking about fighting games, I actually do want to crack open Tekken and see like, oh, see? we, 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 we should, we should integrate part into part of the podcast. Um, who, if, if you, if you were to win, if you were to win $1 million on, on its, on a Tekken online fight, who would you use as your player? You're ask, actually asking me. I'm asking you. Well, first off, I think you already know. Well, actually, I think I think you don't. I think you probably like think you might know the answer, but you actually don't. But actually, based on my recent feedback from myself, uh, what people may not know when it comes to Tekken, my favorite character was always Michelle slash Julia. My favorite character by far. As, as Terrence is aware of, I've always been a big fan of female characters when it comes to the fighting games. But if it's for a million, I actually will play with Harong. Because I, I feel like when it comes to, I'm, I'm with, with Michelle Julia's more finesse and how I went with her, with Harong, it's more brute force, power, everything. And I feel like with his kicking ability and his leg length that I'm almost just about unstoppable with the exception admittedly I guess maybe one other player in the game yeah I'm more of a Paul Phoenix guy myself yeah yeah folks I I will go ahead and say real quick that that and Terrence will admit this we've had some major battles over the course of the years between with me using her own and him using Paul it's we've gotten pretty mad at, at this sometimes when we lose those tight contests so just a little insight into me and Terrence when us coming and growing up. Paul and Harong, that was like that was like the gold matchup. We, and we were, we would always put it off to like the very end. We would fight with all these other characters. I might get Harong, he wouldn't get Paul. He might get Paul, I wouldn't get Harong. But at some point, we knew it was going to come down to those two. And at the very end, when we, when we almost came to the end of our you know game session, we always had to go at it with those guys at least four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. So, so yeah. I knew that. Well, one, I always enjoyed playing playing you, um, um, because that's you know that's part of our how our friendship grew, grew in Calumet Park. But I also really enjoyed playing you because I think that was the first time I was like feeling confident, like I could actually start talk. It was the first time that I could actually like start talking shit about something. Huh? You don't say. And I think that's when I, you know, I kind of branched out and I kind of got out of my very, you know, I got out of my shell and I wasn't as shy because once I like got up to racking a certain number of wins, then I would start doing reckless shit. Like, you know what? I'm just going to go random and you're just going to have to beat me with whoever I pick. And that's when I knew I was feeling good. So, so please, again, I do apologize for everybody listening who knows Terrence. 
you know, when you guys see how overconfident he can be sometimes with stuff, I guess that's my fault. So again, I do apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that I, I unleashed that beast on the world. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and I think I've also lost a controller or two over the years when a streak has been broken. So, uh, by my count, it was four. <laughs> but who's counting? Me. Um, but yeah, I would say the that is a a sign of a good friendship is the ability to give each other shit. So, it and and listen, I'm 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 willing to dish out, dish it out, but I'm also willing to take it. Uh, I will give you that. That is very true. But speaking of trash talk, Terrence. Oh, what we yeah. What are we talking about next? We are talking, Jason. We are talking about sports trash talk and some unwritten rules in sports about when it's okay and when it's not. Coming up on Cal Park Bros. Welcome back to Cal Park Bros. I am your host, Terrence, with my co-host, Jason. How's it going, people? Welcome back. This segment is about sports trash talk. Jason, would you say you're a proponent of trash talking in sports in general? I would say that I am not. I feel like when it comes to actual trash talking, I feel like it's really doesn't really benefit anybody other than maybe the fans getting excited about it or your own team's fans getting excited about it maybe. But I think it really does nothing but to anger or incite your opponents, which if that's what you're going for, great. But I look at that as like instant bulletin board material for somebody. And, you know, the right person is going to take it the wrong way. Either they're going to come back at you on the court, they're going to play even harder to try to score against you, hit a home run against you, knock you over on the field to get a touchdown, whatever it may be. And I feel like, why, why do that? Um, I think we saw it against uh, in the Super Bowl, the most recent Super Bowl, when it comes to the, one of the Chiefs players, Tyron Matthew, was trash talking Tom Brady, you know, on the Buccaneers. And what and what happened in that rest of that game? Tom Brady went off, you know, touchdown here, touchdown there. And I think one of those touchdowns was actually to the player that Matthew was guarding. And of course, what happened? Tom Brady, who who on his own talks trash on his own, but went right back at Matthew talking trash, like you know, basically, hey, look what I did. You ain't nothing, you know, whatever whatever they might have said. And I just feel like it's, you know, kind of pointless. I mean, even, you know, uh, when it comes to baseball, you know, I think over the, might have been this past weekend, Fernando Tatis Jr. did some type of, you know, one eye cover the eye celebra- you know, celebration uh, that I think some people might have taken the wrong way. But in actuality, what he was really actually doing was going back at the pitcher for the, the pitcher's own kind of trash talk when it comes to a gesture that he was making you know, on the mound. And this was actually confirmed by that picture himself, which is Trevor Bauer. And I was watching a video on Trevor Bauer's YouTube page, kind of talking about all the stuff that Tatis was doing in that one game and how even he wasn't bothered by it because all the celebrating, quote unquote, that Tatis was doing was towards his own teammates in, at the, on the bench. It wasn't anything pointing or looking at Trevor Bauer or any of the other players on the Dodgers. It was all celebrating with his team. And that's the big difference for me is celebrating versus trash talk slash disrespect. So 
and just even look at it from my perspective when it comes to me, I played sports growing up, mostly baseball. But of course, I played some basketball, you know, recreationally, things like that, a little bit organized. And how I always felt like if you're going to, you know, trash talk, if, you know, you better do it to somebody else. If you do it to me, there's going to be a huge problem because I take it as disrespect. And admittedly, I can usually somewhat ignore people who disrespect me outside of sports. But for whatever reason, maybe it's just the competitor in me when it comes to somebody doing it on the court or on the field or whatever. I take that a whole lot different. Not only am I going to go harder at you on the field when it comes to trying to score, hit a home run on you, you know, depending on the situation, I might try to knock you out. And that's caused a problem before, but, um, but definitely not a fan of trash talk. I think it just goes overboard. And, you know, I'm not sure, I don't want to say it's worse here or there, but definitely uh, some leagues are probably worse than others. Uh, as a fan, I definitely don't like it myself. Um, because I, I feel like it's showboating for nothing. You're being an idiot. Um, just play the game, celebrate, have no problem with that. But trash talk, I think it's just, you know, a little much and always goes overboard. Are you also going to say get off my lawn? Uh, not today, no. Not on the air. Got it. Yeah, I – listen, MLB, as far as I'm concerned – needs all the energy and fan engagement it can get because it's battling a, an issue where, you know, potential stars are going to other sports anyway. They need to embrace the fact that the 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 loud athlete is here. Um and I think a little bit of one upsmanship is okay. I think you got, you know, a, a larger-than-life player like Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, I love that shit. You know, I think it keeps the fan – it keeps the game exciting. I I think what, what Major League Baseball does is they do this thing where they're – you have the old guard basically saying these are unwritten rules and that our sport is unique and you're not supposed to do that sort of thing. I'm like, I've lost track of how many pitchers I've seen like go ape shit when they strike it, when they strike a guy out. So, so for me, I, 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 I consider a lot of that stuff to be a non-issue. Um, when, when I think about disrespect in sports, I don't think about somebody playing better than me. I think about I think about someone saying something of ill repute, like the way Kevin Garnett allegedly has said certain things to certain NBA players during his time in the league. Um, but I think I, I think a lot of that gamesmanship is good for the league if you want it to thrive. With, with fans in the 21st century? Well, see, and you kind of pointed out there as well that, again, there's a difference in celebrating, being happy that you made a big play, your team made a big play, whatever, versus going the Kevin Garnett route when it's, you know, talking about your, you know, people's wives and what they taste like, things like that. Um, and I think that's that's separation there. Trash talk over here, celebrating your team's, uh, you know, over here, over there. I know we talked about Steph Curry, you know, before when in our previous conversations about, about random sports talks and stuff like that. And 
you know, I don't, I never seen him do it recently, but I know back, you know, when he was a little younger, perhaps, you know, with the Warriors, he hit some big three and he'd do that little shimmy and shake and all that crap like that. Couldn't stand it. It's like, why are you doing that? That's he's still great. doing it, by the way. Okay, well, oh, great. That's even worse. So, so, and again, I think that goes beyond celebrating because most likely, because I've seen him do this. I've seen him do it where he's doing it right in somebody's face. And quite frankly, and I know this might seem like I'm an internet tough guy. I don't care. But quite frankly, if I was a player and he did that right in front of my face, guess what's going to happen? He's going to get a right hook to his cheek because you're not doing that right in front of my face. Because that goes overboard. That's disrespectful. You know what I mean? If you're doing that going towards your bench, like, you know, celebrating with your team, great. Doing it in an opponent's face, then you're going to get what's coming to you, perhaps, you know. know, And 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 again, not inciting violence at all. It sounds like you're inciting violence, though. I'm not not inciting inciting violence at all. But I know for a fact, if I start trash talking somebody, guess what? Just like that's what we have with the whole consequences, you know, you know, subject area before, same thing. You gotta don't have to deal with the consequences. Either somebody playing harder against you because of it, or want to be physically aggressive with you when it comes to beating the crap out of you. You know, and and we seen, I'm sure we've seen that before. Going back to Kevin Garnett, you were saying that stuff about Carmelo Anthony's wife to Carmelo Anthony, and what happened in the uh, during that game, fight. You know, and that's what I'm talking about. You know. And again, that maybe I know that's probably part of Kevin Garnett's goal to get played out, uh, you know, outside of their head. But in a way, he has to be also ready for the fact that hey, somebody's gonna take it the wrong way. Somebody's gonna try to knock you out, and Carmelo Anthony tried to. And that's why I feel like keeping out of the game, which I know is never gonna happen. Celebration. So I agree with you when it comes to baseball. Celebrate all you want. They can use that energy, get the fan base going, get people excited about baseball, whatever way you can. But you don't need to disrespect your opponents to do that. That's just my my thought on that. You know, I, I just don't think it's necessary, frankly. Yeah, I just think it's funny that you're talking about knocking out Stephen Curry as if there's a damn thing you could literally do because the guy hits threes from 40 feet out. Well, see, first of all, so again, it's not about what he does on the court. If he's a three, great. I, I'd be celebrating too if I did that. But I wouldn't be doing it at the expense of, of, the, of, of my teammate or my, uh, my opponents. You know, because it don't need to. Because like, one thing, like you said, if you don't like me hitting those threes, stop me. But that also goes the same with you showboating in front of me. I'm going to stop you from doing it. And when somebody says that I'm going to stop you from doing it, guess what? They can mean that any way they, 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 uh, they so choose. You know, like I said, whether it's going at you hard on the court or the field or I'm going to try to fight you. So, you know. Yeah, I. It's funny because nobody fights in the league anymore. Really, well, it's too much. It's too much money on the line. Too much money to be lost. Well, I could say that, or I could say something else, but I don't want to get the show in trouble on, on episode two, so I'll keep that to myself. Yeah, don't have us on double secret suspension before we even get episode two published, fam. I'll say that for episode five. <laughs> yeah, I. I'm trying to think about it really I look at any league I have yet to see any league that has that has been uh, besmirched because 
their players are vocal in that regard. I, I think, you know, I, I think if anything, it shows that these people are human. And I'm all for the human element staying in sports. Well, of course. I mean, definitely want to keep the human element. But like I said, when it comes to the emotion of humans, it goes both ways. Am I right? And by that, I mean, like I said, happiness when you score, great. And I also keep in mind, not even just from the showboating aspect to it, that if, I, if I'm guarding Steph Curry and he happened to hit a three on me, okay, I'm not going to be happy to hit a three on me, but I definitely don't want Stephen Curry in my face showboating and pissing me off and, you know, celebrating in my face. I don't want that either. So combine that with the negative emotion that the, 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 that the opponent had when it comes to you scoring on me. Yeah, I'm going to try – my goal was to try to stop you from doing it next time. But now that you're, you know, disrespecting me in my face, guess what? Now I have a, a second goal, which you already know what that is. So <laughs> – I also feel like there's certain sports that kind of de-incentivize shit like that getting too out of hand anyway. Like, what do you mean? Like the NFL throwing uh, penalty flags for, like, excessive uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. You mean, for the, you mean for the celebrations, you mean? Yeah. Well, they don't really do that. Well, I, well so, I mean, the big thing that the NFL changed when it comes to celebrations is they allow group celebrations. Which honestly, that I I really don't have an issue with that because because again, what's it doing? You're celebrating with your team. Now, provided that celebration isn't something that's kind of you know going towards the other team, but in general, from what I've seen with the NFL players, it's really just them doing something together, whether it's taking the group photo or doing some type of weird pose or whatever it may be. I I have no issue with that. So the NFL actually isn't penalizing for that now. I I don't know if they're penalizing for celebrations at all if they if they are what is a flag for what specifically the team or player has to do to get the flag but they, de- they definitely have taken you know you know the cap off of that stuff to allow it to happen because i'm sure there was some fan pushback for them to allow it to happen because fans do want to see stuff like that and i get it but again celebrating with your team celebrating the fact that you scored a touchdown you know be happy not the whole celebrating the first down, which you know means nothing in the long run, or anything directed towards your opponent. You know, there's a, there's a whole. Now, granted, this wasn't a celebration technically, but like the whole Terrell Owens thing when he was playing for San Francisco and he ran to the star a couple times. What happened? The second time he tried it, somebody came and tried to lay him out because you don't need to do that because that goes over the line when it comes to celebrating. That goes into you trash talking. I'm sure you can agree with that, right? Well, Terrell Owens is <laughs> there, there. There's trash talking, and then there's Terrell Owens trash talking. Like, right. um, it, and the whole you know him trying to slam the put the ball on the star that I that I I I understand the escalation there. At that point, you just take the find. <laughs> You say, hey, man, whatever it takes. <laughs> Jerry Jones got me next week. <laughs> well, well, to keep in mind, well, yeah, exactly. For the players, you know, going after Owens, yeah, I agree, exactly. I'm sure no one in that Cowboy Stadium was mad that uh, – and I'll remember, I don't remember the player's name that actually tried hitting him 
Terrell Owens, but uh, I'm sure no one in the stadium, like you said, included owner owner included Jerry Jones, was mad that it happened. They probably paid his fine, probably bought him beers at the uh, beers at the game. I'm sure. So, um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I think again, there's a big line when it comes to again just showboating and trash talking and actually celebrate with the team. There's a big difference to me. Yeah, and I'm looking this up right now. Mm-hmm. What are you looking up? George Teague. Thank George, you. Thank George you. Teague I, lit him up. I knew it was George. I couldn't remember the last thing. Thank you for looking that up. Thank you. But, yeah, exactly my point. So, I I completely understood George Teague. And uh, the granted, I admit I was not a huge fan of Terrell Owens back in the day. Didn't like him. So, I probably got a little more excited at George Teague because of that. But – taking all that stuff out of it, I completely get it. Because that's total disrespect, not only of me, my team, you know, the organization, fans, everything. And that's what Terry Owens was trying to do. And he got the, and he got the, the, the maybe, oh, maybe he wasn't trying to get, you know, hit from the back, you know, uh, tackled from the back rather by, by George T. But I'm sure that's the desired result he wanted. He knew doing that was going to piss some people off. He knew that the fans wouldn't like it. He knew that the opposing team wouldn't like it. But I know Terry Owens had to answer this himself. I don't know how he wouldn't have expected somebody to try to take him out. And that's what happened. So or 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 even or even when you know sometimes and like I think I might have said before, I think sometimes when it, when it comes to over celebrating, it can go against you. Like I'm sure you remember Sean Merriman back in the day, he was a I think defensive end for the I know he's played for the Chargers. Yeah. He had that. He had the lights out dance. You know, anytime he got like a sack or something like that, he would do the lights out dance. Okay. Just now, personally, I get he was celebrating. That's that was his thing. He got a sack. Great. But what happens when you miss a block or something like that, or not miss a block, but when you make some type of bad play, and then somebody uses that same celebration against you? Because again. No one's going. I'm sure no one like that touch out, touch, you know, lights out dance because you're basically, you know, for lack of a better term, that they use or one they use in baseball anyway. You're showing up your opponent, and no one's going to like that. So I was never a fan of that, you know. And people always compare that to the Ray Lewis dance that he did before the game, which is always a big difference there. He's doing it before the game, getting the crowd hyped up. He's not showboating, not wasn't showing off. That was it. So there's a huge difference there, if you see what I mean. Celebrating getting your fans and team hyped up versus you, you know, basically over celebrating, disrespecting your opponent, whether you intend to, whether you even intend to or not. Same thing, big difference there. Wasn't there a Bears player injured after he was trying to celebrate for a sack? That's another, that's another thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was a Bears player. But you know, potentially, but I've seen situations in multiple sports where someone's, you know, celebrating and they want to get hurt, which you can't control that. You know, you, you shouldn't use that as a reason to not celebrate because you're worried about getting hurt. But it's all about sometimes doing a little too much, you know, being extra as the kids used to say. Don't be extra. You know, just celebrate, be happy, you know, pump your fist in the air, yell, scream, whatever. But you ain't got to be extra. Because that extra, is, I think, is what takes it over the line and what can cause problems. Oh, my God. It was Lamar Houston. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I forgot Lamar. about that. Yeah. Yep. So it was Lamar Houston, and what's it, it gets even it gets even better. Um, and I, when I say better, I mean it gets way worse. So Lamar Houston blows out his ACL, celebrating, and to make matters worse, he's celebrating. The Bears are already down by like twenty five fucking points to the Patriots. Exactly. So. This is this is the one time I'm going to be a little bit of a prude about it. I'm like, okay, I like, I never have an issue if the game's like competitive, um, and you have a great defensive play. I have no problem with a defensive player saying, "Hey, hey, I did that shit. Let's go," because you're trying to motivate your team. You're trying to motivate, in some cases. You know your fan base. Assuming we'll be, you know, we'll be able to have fans at the stadiums at some point. Um, and uh, I think that I think that's good. I, that makes sense to me. Um, you're getting your ass kicked by damn near thirty points to the fucking Patriots. I I think it's kind of weak sauce that you would celebrate. And I feel like it is a very odd uh, way odd way of karma saying, hey, man, you should not be doing that shit because what do you have to celebrate if you're getting blown out by 30? <laughs> See, and that's partially how I feel about, you know, players, again, football, celebrating first downs, you know, doing all the demonstrative stuff, just, you know, point down the field. I got, hey, I got a first down. But guess what? You're still on your own 20-yard line. So, you know, it's like, why are you celebrating the first down? We still got 80 yards to go for a touchdown. Like, what are you doing? You know, and, I, and, and and if you're losing, so what, what do you do? You know, I, so I think that's a little extra. I mean, I, I get players are going to do it. You know, fans might like it, whatever. But uh, what are you celebrating? You got a first down, and you're not even in, in, on the other team's side of the field yet. What, what the hell are you doing? You know, and, I, and just to clarify, people, I say the same thing when it comes to players on the teams I like as well. It's not just other teams, players. It's even ones for teams I like too. So I'm not being that guy. Just putting it out there. He's not being that guy about this segment. <laughs> hey, I, don't, hey, I, I don't mind being that guy when it's appropriate, but not, like Terrence said, not in this segment. Not, I'm not being that guy. I mean I, I mean, I am that guy, if you know what I mean, but I'm not that guy. So, Hashtag that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. This uh, concludes the Sports Trash Talk segment. Uh, and in our next segment, we'll be going through uh, show one feedback and giving our final thoughts before signing off. Park Bros, I am your host, Terrence, with my co-host, Jason. Jason, welcome back. Thank you, sir. Jason, let's start with our own assessment of show one. How do you think our first show in the books got went? I actually think it went pretty well, Terrence. Um, I think we both kind of talked about we weren't expecting perfection at all. I think we kind of planned on, you know, last week's recording being like a trial run. Um, and then maybe, you know, seeing what happens, see what works, and then do another trial run and then do a recording to put out to the public. But I think you and I both agreed that at least what we recorded, at least, when it comes to the flow, topic, subject matter, things like that, that it went pretty well. And it was edited very well, I believe. So 
And so, so instead of doing more trial runs, even using that recording as a trial run, we decided to go ahead and just roll with it and put it out there to the public and uh, went with that. So I think the show itself was, you know, pretty good. I felt good about it, you know, maybe from the first episode perspective. Uh, again, not looking for, for, for perfect, uh, perfection at that point, but, you know, looking to improve from there. Uh, so we'll see how this one goes. I felt good about this episode as well, but episode one, I thought it went better than expected personally. Yeah. I think that one, I was so goddamn nervous that I definitely didn't do a lot of, of riffing. I definitely felt pressed um, because, you know, frankly, it's one thing to talk about doing a podcast. It's another thing to put yourself out there. And mm -hmm. I definitely feel that I didn't want to, I didn't want to psych myself out of basically never fucking posting this thing. So I basically mm -hmm. said, okay, is this good enough? Is this acceptable to the two of us? And is this the spirit of, are we capturing just a smidgen of the spirit of our friendship and what we want to talk about? And I did. And I think, we we talked just enough about the things that we actually you know we're passionate about that we could give people a taste mm -hmm. so so yeah i i think you know i i can feel it more now as well for episode two but looking back at episode one like you said i think it was just two you know we treated it as just two guys talking about you know the subject matter that interests us things we might you know Feel like people people might enjoy, um, and I think some of that nerves you might have had might have been you just didn't know what to expect. You know, uh, we were we never tried to record a podcast. Obviously, this was the first time. That was the first day of trying to record. Um, and I think even though we had the mindset of not trying to be perfect, of course, because of going out to, there to the public, you you want to make it as perfect as you can. Um, but you know. Again, we liked it. The feedback I heard was pretty good. I don't know if the feedback I, we heard was based off of it being our first episode and people might start expecting more of us. I don't know. But, you know, I heard nothing but good things. I felt good about it. Um, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think we, one, the, the, the biggest thing was, okay, we, we did it. We put it out there. Now we have to tell the world. Um, and a lot of that is just about, okay, making sure our podcast is everywhere, um, as many places as possible. Really, this last week has been about, one, getting more acclimated to editing uh, and making sure that our on as many, you know. Um, it is a big deal to me that I can... I can literally share with my, my kiddos that, Hey, I actually, I am on a podcast and I'm, I'm doing this for real. So I, I look forward to the time that we can actually have this available, not only on anchor on Spotify, on Google podcasts, um, but also on Amazon music, um, on the Apple uh, podcast uh, storefront as well, because basically I'm of the opinion, Hey, if you want to find us, you will. Um, and our, our goal is 
it as accessible as possible. So, well, hey, just not sleep on it right now. We're available on Spotify right now, Amazon, Amazon Music, things like that, Stitcher. So we're definitely out there, looking to get us out there even more. Um, because again, the, all the feedback I heard so far of episode one was positive, even though some of us might have been pressing too much. But despite that, um, again, feedback's been good. Uh, and again, we've you know shared the page with everybody so far, sent out invites to people like our Facebook page and whatnot. Uh, so hopefully, you know. For everyone listening to episode one, episode two, if you like what you hear, definitely come back. So we're going to keep making more. Follow us on all social media, you know, Calpart Bros, you know, things like that. You know, send us any feedback you got to calpartbros at gmail.com. We're definitely out there. We want you to keep listening. We definitely enjoy putting out stuff for you. Hopefully you enjoy it. And most importantly, if you like it, tell a friend, tell one friend. Make sure if they, you know, if you like it, make sure they like it too. So let them all know. Thank you, Jason. And yeah, my final thoughts really are that it's been a crazy week, especially with the Derek Chauvin uh, trial and the fallout. And my only, my only final thought on that is one, I'm fucking relieved that there was a guilty verdict, but also I think we have to be very careful not to basically assume the worst for every officer involved shooting. After the fact, because listen, there are going to be more of them. There's going to be more video. Don't don't allow it to basically be trauma porn, because that's the road to madness. So, that those are my final thoughts, Jason. You have anything else? I will just go ahead and add and say one more time that. Uh... If you like Mortal Kombat, then you may want to check out Tekken because it's way better. Uh, And then also, when it comes to trash talking, keep it to yourself. Well, I will keep this in mind. Uh, And thank you all for listening uh, to Episode 2 of Cal Park Bros. And have a great night. See you, folks.